what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focusing on home technology, helping provide you and our fellow brothers and sisters in tech with some assistance and discussion along the way. It's been a year without movie theaters, which may cause a lot of us to think it's a great time to talk about home theater systems. So the brothers are here to talk about the ins and outs of building your very own home cinema. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson, and I am one of the two founding Brothers in Tech. And as always with me, my brother, my real brother, but I call him my brother in tech on the show. Your actual Actual brother, brother, living brother, uh, getting together as we do all the time to talk tech, because that's pretty much all we ever do talk about as brothers anyway, is Brian Jackson. Brian, how are you doing? Alan, I am doing well and excited to uh, to chat with you. Family's good. Family's good. Yeah, fam- my, my family's okay? good. Yours is good. Yours is good. Yep. Yep. Good. Okay. So we get okay, past good. that. We got that right? out of the way. So We're done. Let's go, so let's, go straight into let's, the tech. Okay. Let's go talk about the real stuff we want to talk <laughs> this about. This is what so we no, do. Yeah. That's no, great. I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited, Alan. This is uh, uh, you know, it's been it's been a little while since we've connected and. Uh, I'm excited to bring a, a a brother of mine, a non-real brother, but a tight brother of mine of tech uh, to the podcast today. So I'm excited Perfect. to uh, to get these series underway. Yeah, we'll we'll introduce our guest in just a second. Just as a reminder, I'd be remiss if I didn't do proper bios for for you and I, just because Ooh, okay, you know we have to assume we have new listeners every time we get together, and we got to make sure everybody knows who we are. So again, my name's Alan Jackson. I'm a uh, producer of online content with Jackson Creative, and a survey researcher with Jackson Insight. And then Brian Jackson, who you just heard from, is the professor of kinesiology at Pacific University and also a product director at Synaptic. And uh, I think I got that covered, just, right? I love right? how you said the professor of kinesiology, like there's only one of us. <laughs> You're the only awesome. one, right? <laughs> that's so good. Well, that, that would make a lot of sense, actually, if, if I was the only one as part of this department. But no, I'm not. I'm not. There's actually You're multiple. not the professor. You're just a professor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the the part. So let's keep okay. that. Let's keep Let's that. keep yeah. it the. I mean, really, unless any of your colleagues are listening, I, I think not. we go ahead and just, they're not. We're just going, we're just going to go and call you the, <laughs> the professor of kinesiology at Pacific University. Yeah. Um, yep. So as you mentioned, Brian, we do have a guest with us, another, another brother we, we brought into the mix here. Uh, Mike Garachi. How you doing, Mike? Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm doing great, and uh, my family's doing great. In case you're wondering, oh good, so, good. I was going to ask. I was just going to ask. Uh, Glad to know. But, uh, super excited to be here. And your ten, ten seconds <laughs> oh, of family. Okay, up. moving on now. Anyway, no, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, really excited. Sure. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Well, well my. Well, oh, that's great. The I mean, I that's, the that's the only reason we invited you on. <laughs> that's right. That's the only reason we you, invited you on. You tracked me down through my IP address and it <laughs> turned right. out. That, yep. Hi, we noticed Good. you downloaded an episode of Brothers in Tech. <laughs> you, that, automatically, that automatically makes you a guest. Um, 
Mike mm. is a professor of media arts at Pacific University, so colleagues of uh, Brian Jackson, uh, with a master's in IT management. So we love that here, brothers in tech, with areas of specialty in project management and information design. And uh, I see both you, the both of you seem to be enjoying a nice craft brew right now uh, as well. So that yes. seems to be a yeah. hobby both of you Cheers, have. Mike. And uh, I see you Cheers. both are holding them up. What, uh, I'm just holding up my my ice water. So that's I'm keeping. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> yes. sure being colleagues came second to uh, enjoying beer together for Brian and I. No question. No question. Yeah. Alan, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to jump in just a second and give you a little bit more info about Mike just to make okay. sure that everybody knows. So one is the the love of beer is certainly something we share. Uh, but not only that, he's actually one of the co-founders of a very important society out here in uh, on the Northwest. Um, okay. Co-founders with me, by the way, of mm-hmm. the the, and I'm sure Alan, you've heard of this uh, society before, mm-hmm. but it's called Arc. It's called mm-hmm. the um, Active. Association. Alcohol. I'm sorry. Al- uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I've had a few too many tonight already, but it's the Active Alcohol Research Consortium, AARC, hmm. right? AARC. And I think I get your newsletter in the mail. Well, right. you, you probably have. You probably well, you, have. Yeah. And yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, as co founder, Brian has just uh, violated the first rule of ARC, which is that we do not talk about ARC. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess I'm the sole remaining member of this duo. Yeah. Uh, we're going to. Well, Mike, Mike, we should have, we should have mentioned again, no one's listens to this podcast. So <laughs> that has not been not been heard by uh, anyone at this point. Yeah. So. I don't know if we mentioned that to you when we encourage you to be a guest on the show, but there's it's really, just, we just do this just for our for own entertainment. Yeah. There's nobody. Okay. Listening. All right. Yeah. Well, even. Alan, are you even, are you even recording? Alan? <laughs> yeah. Are you in recording right now? <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, I, I am, but it wouldn't really matter if I wasn't. So, no. well, let me, let me oh, give well, one more, one more bit of kudos about Mike. And and I would say his better half is also someone who we probably should be encouraging to come on this podcast because she is a a video maker, uh, someone who uh, makes films um, and is a media arts professor as well, professor of film and media uh, at Pacific University. So Jennifer Hardiker uh, is, I'm going to give a shout out to her. So hopefully she'll be joining us as a sister in tech one of these days and kind of give us her uh, right. her lowdown. And of course, our topic here, she could probably put us to shame on uh, in terms of home cinema. So I'm excited to, to hear her thoughts. So Well, now, now, well, that, now that we think, know she's yeah. going to listen because I'm on it, so I think she has to be a guest. So <laughs> I think she has to. Yeah. That's Again, good. the only reason we bring guests on is we're <laughs> hoping they have a spouse that will at least count for one more download of the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, let's uh, talk home cinema, guys, because uh, as I mentioned in the setup, it has been, uh, I'm an avid moviegoer. I, 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 the cinema is my, probably my favorite place to be uh, of any place. And it's been a very difficult year because movie theaters have been, uh, you know, n- definitely not at full capacity, shut down for most of the year, uh, kind of varying degrees of openness wherever you are in the country. And it's it's something where I've seen a lot more activity around the idea of, well, how do we now build a home cinema in our home? How do we build a cinema in our home to kind of replicate that theater experience we're missing? And, uh, you know, the studios are are making it easy for us, too, by saying, you know what, we're going to start releasing brand new movies online to where you can watch them day and date when they're going to come out, when they would have come out in the theaters if they do it all. So it's almost just pushing everybody to the direction of saying, look, you know, the technology's there, 
The price points are getting better. It is a good time if you were so inclined to build your own home cinema. So I thought, uh, I know I just finished my home cinema project. I, I, I honestly, it's like two weeks old at this point. Uh, Mike, I know you've got a, a, a theater in your home that you've had for a few years as well. That I love to hear about. And then Brian, you just moved into a new house. And I think you're kind of plotting out some ideas of something to do in your, your home as well, right? Yep. Yep. So we're at different stages here, right? I'm the pre-contemplation Alan just did and Mike did several years ago and probably is eager to update uh, down the road as well. So yeah, great. Because yeah. yeah. I think we all, especially with Brian, with you sort of having the the possibility of starting something new, there's a way where you can sort of leapfrog the technology. I mean, I am definitely stuck with old school, older school technology, right? That I invested in. And, um, but now just like five years later after that whole project, I'm like, oh, there's you know, laser projectors now and all yeah, these great oh, yeah. things that yep. the prices are way down. So it does seem like it's, it's a great time to, to talk about it, sort of where we've been, where we are, what's next. Well, let's yeah, do no- that. Let's, let's start out by talking about kind of what our, current situation is or what we're doing currently in terms of our own home theatrical experience. And then uh, that may, I think will lead us into some good conversation of kind of a do's and don'ts and some things to keep in mind and know before you start to go out and do your own project right now. So Mike, is it okay if I kind of ask you, since you, you've had it the longest, you've had a a home theater longer than I have. And um, I'd love to kind of hear kind of what, you know, what you ended up doing and, and kind of what was your, your thought process behind Sure. Uh, so a little bit of background is um, I've always been a, an audio geek. Uh, I wouldn't say audiophile because I never like put that much money into it. I think to be an audiophile, you got to spend like 50 grand a year, right? Uh, uh, yeah, so right. one thing people are going to learn about me on this podcast is I'm always looking for the cheapest route, right? I'm always like, give me the deal. You know, let me get stuff on Craigslist. And okay. So anyway, so yeah, all my, AKA all my stuff. Yeah. You're nope. Yeah. Ding. You're right. So all my, all my, stuff is on the cheap. So, uh, but because I came out of my undergrad with this audio video background, I got super interested in the technology of music. So I think, you know, once I got a a full-time job and was making a steady income, one of the first things I did was invested in a a pair of speakers that I actually still have and was really the basis for my first home theater. But I didn't own a home that had a truly sort of dedicated space for it. So I was in, you know, my first home, I was in a a big living room and my second home, I was in a family room. But the home that I currently live in now with my wife, Jennifer, which we've been in for about nine years, um, has a, a bo- you know, the, the proverbial bonus room, the room that, you know, is meant for if you got kids, it's the playroom. But for us, well, it was the playroom for about a year. And then we were like, OK, get get your stuff and get out. Um, yeah. 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 And so, um, you know, truly a sort of I wouldn't say cinema dimensions, but, you know, big enough for a big screen. So we got a. Uh, mm-hmm. 12 foot, 12 foot, no, 10 foot diagonal, 120 mm-hmm. inch diagonal screen, yeah. um, which is on one end. Uh, we've got a, a Samsung uh, 3D HD projector. I see you've got the ceiling mount, mm-hmm. so ceiling mounted. Mm-hmm. And then again, going back to the idea that I've always sort of been on the lookout for deals and kind of get the best tech for the cheapest buck. I've pieced together uh, mostly uh, Polk Audio um 6.2, no, 6.1 okay. system. And then I've, right. I'm actually 6.2, so two subwoofers. But one of the subwoofers is my original, that or going back to that original set of speakers I invested, which was a Bose Acoustamass 5, like one of those really old 
where uh, Bose gave you the big subwoofer module and then the little tiny satellite speakers. Anyway, so I totally got sold on that, uh, kind of, you know, took the hook, line and sinker on the Bose brand image and all that stuff. But to be really honest, it's actually been a pretty capable set of speakers. But all that to say is I've kind of Frankensteined uh, basically a seven channel system into this room. Um, and it's, it's been great. Um, you know, if I'm thinking about upgrades, it's definitely in the, in some of the speakers, uh, I've got, uh, sure. I've got in the rears, I've got in ceiling ones, uh, all Polk, um, mm-hmm. and then Polk's in the front center and sides, and then uh, a Polk sub. And then this Bose Acoustamax, which is sort of doubling as my second low, low effects channel. Um, but yeah, all that, um, and then I'm feeding it through. And I think this is where we can really talk is I've got a real mishmash okay. of source material. And it's, you know, we're, we're that couple that's got six remotes and you're always, you know, which one is it? Which, which one turns on the thing? Because we've got, you know, uh, an Apple TV, an Xbox, Comcast, cable box, um, uh, a, D- a Blu-ray DVD player, which is collecting dust, of course. Um, and about, I don't know, a bunch of other little source material. And your projector, your projector, I assume you start with a remote. And yeah, you, yeah. You turn it on with a remote as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, you okay. can just reach up and catch the power button, but yeah, we're pretty much used to just powering up the projector. So it's got its own dedicated remote just to turn it on, basically. And if you know, if I wasn't so cheap, I would find the remote that ties everything together and lets you control source and volume and some of the other things. But these days, um, you know, like trying to find a, a universal remote that'll talk to your Comcast box and your Xbox and your uh, Apple TV mm. plus your projector is, is tough. So you know, we got our well, and it's expensive. And it's expensive. Like you said so, yeah. uh, they make some really yep. good high-end remotes, but they are they are very very yeah. pricey. So so, yes. so we're still you know we're still making it work, but definitely kind of a Frankenstein model. Um, but again, the room is kind of the right dimensions. We you know some acoustic mm-hmm. treatments just in terms of like heavy drapes, uh, you know, shade carpet, big furniture, that kind of stuff. So um, pretty happy with the overall sound and image. But again, we're in a world where you know 4K is the standard. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm jealous when I walk into Costco and see the 85 inch OLED TVs and think, you know, that is five times brighter than my, you know, my $1,500 projector. Right. right? So, right. so Mike, no, let me, yeah. uh, let me, let me ask you a couple of questions. Cause I, this, the area of projectors and screens is totally, you know, kind of beyond me because I haven't, I haven't been into that world at all, but, um, projector itself are you having to replace the bulb on the projector? Because I remember that was a big, big thing, thing, right? That if you replace one of those, it's expensive. Right. You know, is that still the case with yeah, your so we, level? That you yeah. So I got the projector uh, on a pretty good deal because it had just been replaced by a newer model. And so I think we got it for close to half off, but still about 1500 bucks because it's, uh, it is a super, you know, for that era, super bright. And it did 3d, which we've used exactly one time. <laughs> so, you know, we thought, oh, 3D, the kids are going to love it, but yeah, nobody really cares. So, and there just wasn't content. Um, so, but yeah, so the, the lamp on that thing, um, I want to say is a thousand hours. And, okay. um, when the kids were, when we had, cause we have, uh, we're a blended family. I have two, she has two. And there were times where all four, boys were living with us. So we're talking about 12 hours a day of, vi- of Xbox and, and video games. And we we're going through a lamp about every 12 months. And okay. Okay. Uh, when it was new, the lamps were 
350 and that hurt, right? I mean, there's like 350. Yeah. You could almost, right? At the, you're getting to the point now where you're just like, well, let me just upgrade and, you know, get a projector, a better projector. It's going to have a new lamp in it. But now that it's an older model, I'm able to replace it. We still replace it about every 18 months and it's down. Mm-hmm. As long as I can still get it on Amazon, they're down to about 150. Okay. And, you know, 18 months. But 150 still, bucks every 18 months cost, is pretty good. It is. I mean, yeah. compare it compare it to a TV, right? right. You've got a continual cost. Yep. And uh, so, Alan, maybe kind of if it'd be helpful, piggyback on what Mike's just said there about like how is yours different than that? Like how has the technology changed? What you decided to go with? Because I'm I'm very I'm very interested here, and I'm learning as I as I sure. go through so, this episode. Um, so hook this that up. was great. I, I loved hearing about Mike's, and mine's not dramatically different, actually. I you know, there are new types of projectors out there nowadays. I did a lot of research on you know, laser projectors, especially that just look Crazy. amazing. And you, and you don't, but the price point it, was, yeah, they're expensive, but can't you sit it literally right yeah. in front of the screen, right? Some of them. Now, some laser projectors are still meant for a longer throw, just like a, a bulb projector, but they do make a lot of short throw projectors that are laser built. So the idea is that yeah, you put it right up against the wall and that you're, that you're projecting on it, and it projects straight up onto the wall. And it's great if you're limited on space or you're trying to figure out where you're going to mount your, your projector, or you got things that are going to block it, block the image, then the short throw is great, but it's still pricey and they don't quite hit the resolution that your more traditional projectors do quite yet. Now, again, I say quite yet, because I'm sure in the next couple of years, those short throw projectors are going to be every bit the resolution that your traditional ones are. I ended up I, I still went with a bulb projector. Uh, I really kind of debated it, but I, I'm i a little more traditionalist. I don't know. The, I, I Just something about the bulb projector just still worked for me. And plus, price-wise, I could just get a better deal with a bulb projector than I could a laser one. The laser is super tempting, and to not have to worry about replacing a bulb or uh, just some of the mechanics involved in a laser projector versus a bulb one were, were appealing, but... I couldn't now, justify so give the me cost. A, give me a breakdown. So what are we talking like difference yeah. between laser and a bulb? What were you? Well, seeing? so like Mike, Mike, I was shooting for, I've got a, about a 110 inch screen. So pretty mm-hmm. close. So it's about similar size of what he was describing. And I, you know, you, you have to really understand the dimensions of your room and how far a projector can throw its image and still be really bright at a certain size. So you had to kind of calculate all those things together so I ended up with a bulb projector that I knew would would throw the distance I needed to where I wanted to mount the projector in the room and still give me a really good bright image. Um, the projector I got is a Optima. I think I'm saying it right. Optima, Optima. Um, it's actually what they call a gaming projector in that it's really meant for if you wanted to hook up a video game system, it has a really high refresh rate so it can actually keep up and play high frame rates really well. That wasn't as important to me, but the reason I got it is because uh, it's also one of the brightest projectors you could get for the money. The cost on it's about fifteen hundred dollars, and that's that's new. So how bright? How bright and, is it for that much money? Because I'm sure it's twice as bright as mine. Um, thir- it's thirty four hundred lumens right now is, is what it's listed at, and I have a room that is. I mean, I've got curtains, drawn curtains on all the all the windows. So when I want to black it out, I can. So, but I wanted a projector that I could still see pretty good, even if I had windows open, just casually having it on instead of feeling like I've got to shut everything down 
to see a good bright image. I think that's a that's um, a great tip for your people at home, right? Is uh, to think yeah. about the the amount of ambient light in the room, which can really dictate yep. how yep. bright of a projector you can really have. And yeah, a lot of the write ups on projectors, I, I I really focus in on if they were telling me that yes, this projector will be still visible and bright even in a somewhat ambient lit room. Um, that was important to me because I didn't want to turn this room into where to watch this, the, to watch something, you have to go through all the mechanics of shutting every window, turning off every light. It has to be pitch black. Yeah. I want it to still be a comfortable uh, projector setting. Um, so I'm very happy with the projector. It's a 4K projector. It's actually the least expensive 4K projector you can get. It's not true 4K in that, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Actually, this one is. The one I was about to get was not going to be a true 4K. It did upscaling to yeah. resemble 4K resolution. And supposedly the reviews were really good on it too. But this Optima actually is a true 4K. So I'm actually pushing able to push 4K images to the screen. And it's it's one of those guys when I when I first fired it up, you know, it showed up one day, delivered. That night, I got home from work. I just shut myself off in this room, and I hooked it up, and I could not wait to see it. And it really was just a beautiful image. I can honestly say I just was kind of blown away with how it looked on the screen. So it's very happy. That's great. You know, you get to a question, Brian, like you were saying about, uh, do you just go with a really, really big TV? Because they really are getting bigger and bigger. I think almost 85 inches is now kind of the standard that you can get at any department store and find a pretty good price for. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. they can't get up to 120 inches yet. And right. And there's right. still just something about that projector, that, that feel, that tone, that's something that you just, I don't think you can replicate as well on a flat LED or LCD or a plasma screen yeah, or anything. I else. hear you so, on that. There's a, um, there is a, a yeah. like an aesthetic difference to the projected image that feels organic. And as much as I sort of mm -hmm. covet those super bright, super sharp TVs, when you walk into Costco and they're all lined up, it is true that it's, you know, it's like sort of watching a high def computer screen, right? It's just very, you know, overly sharp, a little unrealistic. So I, I get it. There is something sort of intrinsic about, about the projected image. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it helps temper my, uh, you know, my grass is always greener syndrome, but yeah. Oh no, it's, it's, uh, it really is important. I, I do think, and plus, it's also something where I feel like a projected image commands more attention. People, I, I feel like when you're sitting down and you're going to watch something, it's a, it's a, uh, when it's projected on a wall and uh, on a screen, and you really got the environment set right, it just feels like you're actually there to enjoy and watch something as opposed to it just being on the wall that you may or may not choose to pay a lot of attention to. That's I don't know. Good. It's a more, you know, maybe there's something culture, culturally you go back to your idea about how important the cinema mm -hmm. was to all of us culturally. And you know, it's so. about that, yeah. that projector coming on and this, and the curtains opening and there's the screen and there's maybe something in us all that sort of gets excited about that, that moment and that feeling. I think so that's great. Yeah. Com yeah. I completely and, you know, agree. The with other that. bonuses is Real that quick, the, the, the real lamp quick, projector my, also yeah. doubles as a heater in our house. So, you know, in Oregon, <laughs> yes. in Oregon, uh, that's uh, super important. Keeps, keeps the nice. room in a toasty 75. So, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a heater. And it's also, if you have trouble falling asleep, it's a nice white it's noise, a, a white uh, machine noise machine. As well, okay. Because the fan does tend to uh, kick in a quite a bit, especially I would say one of the downsides of running 4k content is the fan 
does crank up quite a bit when it has to push mm-hmm. out 4K content versus uh, just standard high definition. Um, so real so quick, hence, I'll just say hence the, yep. the sound is right, pretty right. important, right? The, and the sound system is pretty important to yeah. over mm-hmm. to, to over uh, kind of get the get the sound of the uh, the fan out of way. So well, yeah. it's amazing to me how how I think people forget you know just casually think about setting up a home cinema is you think you forget about the audio side of it. Sometimes you think, oh, I'm just going to get a projector and it's going to be great. Well, I think people are so used to having pretty decent speakers built into a TV set. So you go buy a TV set, you're going to have sound. And people forget that, well, when you buy a projector, I mean, yeah, some of them may have a little tinny speaker on them, but it's not for listening to, you're not going to hear, you got to have a sound system to now play your sound. Well, that's, and I did have an old sound system. I've got an old Sony surround system I've had for 15 years still works great. So just like Mike, you're saying I was able to take it. It works fine. I'm a little different than you, Mike. I am, I am probably more in tune on the video side than I am the audio side. So audio is a little less important for me. I still want it to be good, but I was willing to say, you know what? I'm just going to take this old stereo system. It's a 5.1. I've got it. The speakers mounted around the room. It sounds really good to me. My ears are not the best for discerning a lot of different audio qualities. So um, it's good enough. I'm sure somebody with a really good audio ear would probably come in and pick it apart. But um, luckily, that's not me. So I'm I'm happy with what I'm hearing on things. So yeah. So that's kind of my setup. And yeah. uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so so let me let me jump in here for a second, because I'm I'm someone that has actually been kind of a purposely not looking at projector systems. I love when I go to someone's house and watch a projector system, but I've never th- never once thought to myself, I'm going to buy one. And let me let me give and you've already you guys have already addressed a few of my concerns. One is, you know, replacement of a bulb, right? I just don't want to have something that I think, uh, let's not watch it right now because I don't want to, you know, waste something that's going to cost me, you know, a couple hundred bucks when it when it gets replaced. The other is the fan. Right. Mm-hmm. The third is that, you know, you really have to have a dedicated space. And I think to me that that's something both of you have already talked about. You you need to have a dedicated space if you're going to go projector. You don't want to be turning a projector on for everyday watching when you're watching just a sitcom, you're watching whatever. I mean, it sounds like, Mike, you guys are cranking through, you know, lots of video games and things like that with the family. But to me, you know, to, to truly get something out of a projector, I feel like I need a dedicated room for that to say, I'm sitting down to watch a movie, right? As opposed to I'm turning on in the morning and just watching the Today Show, you know, or I'm just watching ESPN or something. I'm not going to be cranking up a, you know, a theater system for that, right? So it sounds like if I have a dedicated space, that's probably a good place to do that. Can you guys yeah, so, you know, tell me if I'm wrong about well, that? Would you use that for regular? We use it for regular. In fact, uh, our kids have moved on from the consoles and are in their bedrooms PC gaming. So there's no gaming on mm-hmm. our system anymore. So it really is um, mostly my wife and I, you know, after dinner, after everybody's settled down, watching whatever we're watching. Mm-hmm. But that is different, Brian, than say coming home from work and turning on ESPN, because of course we have a TV mounted on the wall in our living area. I yes. mean, this is right. Yes. I mean, we have to physically decide to go to the screening room to sit down and, and watch it or play darts, as you know. Right. But uh, that's <laughs> the other thing that the other thing that Brian and I share. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, so, um, 
Yeah, he's he's. We share that Brian comes over to my house every now and then and kills me in darts. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you know that room has has really one purpose other than darts, and that's to to gather together and, and watch TV. And I would say that we got kind of spoiled because there was a time where we were watching on our, and we have a pretty average, actually lower than average, uh, you know, Vizio flat panel on the wall in our in our family area. And there was a time where we would just sit there and watch that, but there you sort of say, well, wait a minute, we could be upstairs with, you know, with eight channel, with seven channels of sound yeah. at 12 feet wide. So why not do that? And we've just, that just becomes our rhythm now. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, and I, and I think that's, to me, that's the real key and the takeaway for people if they're listening, if you're thinking about home cinema, I do think if you're going the projector route, make sure I'm going to suggest, make sure you have a dedicated space because I think there's two benefits. One, you you make sure that the room is set up to appropriately uh, appreciate what you've set up, right? Which I think is good. The other to me that it's helpful is, uh, it goes back to what you guys have talked about. There is something about going to the movie theater, right? And you do not get the same experience if you are watching a TV on the wall that you watch everything else, right? And you say, hey, let's just watch a movie. That's not the same. Right? I don't care how good of a setup you've got. You know, there's not there's something about having a dedicated space and having the idea that's projected on the wall, right? That you know for a fact you're going to make sure it's dark enough in the room. You're you're replicating the cinema experience, right? And you're still kind of holding that in your uh, uh, kind of deep to your heart. So to me, I think that's that's the benefit. Um, I will say, you know, having moved into a new house, this is the first time we've had a basement in a while, like a basement area that is going to allow us to kind of get away, right? Be a TV room, be a movie room. Um, and we just now got the TV mounted on the wall, which allows us to be able to use that. Uh, we thought about the projector. Um, you know, one of the challenges is windows, right? As you guys mentioned, you know, looking and figure out, you know, where are the windows in this room and it, am I going to be able to shut them off? And am I going to be able to do it easily and still enjoy the room? Um, which is a little tricky for us. Uh, the other thing I would mention is if you're not someone who's going the route that these guys have gone with projectors and you decide to get one of those great TVs, do pay attention to where the windows are. You know, I've been to a lot of people's houses where you go there in the middle of the day and you happen, everything looks great on the wall until you sit down on the couch and realize mm -hmm. that the window right behind you is where just reflecting off of that TV and you're like, my God, that was just a horrible decision. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. horrible decision. Really. It's great at night. You know, it's fine at night if you're going to close those those uh, drapes. But big believer of making sure that you look to see where your windows are. And you want to make sure not just that it's a dark corner you're looking into, but it's that behind you is dark. So you do not get yeah. distracted uh, by a lot of those things. Can I just so. throw out the idea of the the interior lighting? Because I, I think like Alan said, you don't want to have to turn this place into a cave. And so yeah. we were kind of facing that because with a slightly lower brightness projector, not, not terrible, but I think ours is 1500 lumens. So less than half of Allen's, um, you know, we really do have to shut the blinds and pull the curtains if we want, you know, kind of that, that truly cinematic experience, but then, you, you know, you can't see the people around you. So a simple investment in one of those, uh, Ikea light, you know, cause again, if you've got a single lamp in the room, it's either on or off. Right. So we got one of these really nice, simple Ikea, uh, I don't know, one of those halogen bars that has four individual pointable lights on it. Sorry, mm -hmm. there's my phone. Mm -hmm. um, 
and uh, and we put it on a dimmer. So not only can we actually direct these little halogen lights to like you know where you might set your drink or uh, where the remotes are because mm. you need to find those, um, they're all off the screen, right? So for a simple you know fifty dollar investment, you've and and whatever the dimmer costs ten bucks. Now the lighting can be dimmed. It can be right over your, you know, where you're seated or, you know, we've got one shining on our wall of movie posters. Uh, so you get to keep some of that ambiance uh, without washing out your screen. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We, uh, we, we're, I'm still working a lot on interior lighting right now. So we, uh, I'm actually looking at some sort of, like you described, some track lighting that keep air, all the lights away from the wall where the screen is, but yet still give us enough light to where, you know, if we want to eat food in there or talk or whatever, we can still do that. So that's, uh, I think that's important. Okay, I, you yeah, know, I think Alan, the, real quick, yeah. real quick, mm-hmm. I just got to say, we're talking about interior lighting, and I know that we are recording this in video, right? I'm not sure if people are going to be watching the video, um, but I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, looking at YouTube right now, you have kind of a nice, cool, dark background, right? Everything looks kind of – I'm looking at myself, and I'm realizing it looks like a prison cell that I'm in, right? So yeah, this yeah. is really, really shady, right? So interior lighting, you know, wall lighting is kind of important here. I, I was going to um, ask if they were allowing this video call to be your one call from prison <laughs> yeah. right now because I thought maybe that's where you were. So. Yeah, I've got five minutes left on my yeah. – uh, you got to hurry it up. Here, so. <laughs> yeah, Bub- no, I'm Bub- – Bubba says he needs a phone. So I right. Good. Yeah, I'm actually in my, my home theater room, and it's it also doubles as my office because there's a little built-in – desk that when i got this house it was already in the corner and this is like the ideal room to do the home theater in but it also has the desk over in the back corner so it kind of doubles kinda nice, but it's also right? good because i can have the projector on and be like just have some stuff on that i'm watching and still be here working and it's and it, it works out pretty nice so yeah that's um, no, good good nice and i'll tell you i, I don't want to i want to kind of give a few tips for people who's thinking right. about building out their own i mean as you probably got the idea from hearing Mike and me talk about the ones we've built, you know, we had some different components, we had different elements and things we kind of worked together to make it happen. And uh, I I don't know about you, Mike, but uh, there was a website that I used almost exclusively in all my research and every everything to plan this out. There's a website called projectorcentral.com that has a catalog of every single projector known to man that's ever been made. And you can read not only reviews about them, but the great thing for me is they have a throw calculator uh, on every single projector, which what that is for anybody not familiar, the, the projector can throw a certain distance to your wall. And if you have an idea of how big your screen is going to be, how big you want it to be, you can actually go into the calculator, put in, this is the size screen I want. And you choose the projector you want to evaluate, it'll show you how far away the projector needs to be away from the screen mounted to get you that image at the best brightness possible. So that was really important for me because you'd be surprised every projector has a different throw distance. So just saying, I want a hundred inch screen on this wall and I want my projector to be four feet away from that screen. That's not going to work with every projector. Actually, it's not going to work with most projectors. But to go in and plug in your numbers, I could actually find the projectors that were going to give me the brightness I wanted for the size screen I wanted, uh, and it helped to whittle it down. So it was really helpful, that, and I love 
yeah. the way they've put that site together. That sounds all the tools like something I wish I would have known about because I'm pretty sure, <laughs> pretty sure I was reading, you know, all the specs online at amazon.com and, uh, sure. and, you know, uh, and I do, I have a very distinct memory of getting the projector home, firing it up, you know, not mounted and basically like walking it backwards I did until, until yeah. it filled, you know, the space that I had to fill. Cause my screen almost fills the wall. And then I just sort of like, you mm-hmm. know, put a hole in the ceiling and said, well, it's going to go there. But you're right. The, the, the mathematics uh, or the physics of getting the, the, you know, being the closest you can to get so that you're not, you know, having to zoom in and you're not uh, pixelating anything is there really is a, a black magic there. So it's really nice to know that there's some resources for that. Cause I think your average, your average user would, would be a little, I don't know, discouraged by, you know, is this going to work in my room or not? How do I know? Yeah. Well, um, so just the, to clarify, the, yeah. that projector central would give you a range. Would it say it can be no closer than this and it can be no further away from this mm-hmm. or something? Okay. Well, what it uh, is, it says, okay, if you say I want a, you know, you can use the calculator different ways. You can say, look, here's the projector I want to test. And uh, it actually lets you uh, dynamically slide the projector away from the wall and it shows you how big an image you can still project on the wall based on the distance from it based on the lens that comes with that projector. And it's going to show you, Hey, look, to stay in the good brightness range, you need to be within these between either seven to nine and a half feet away from the screen to get your best brightness and to get that size screen you want. But then you can go the other side and say, well, I definitely want this size screen. So now it can show me how far away the projector it must be to get that size screen at the, at the optimal brightness that you can get. So it was really helpful because I have a fan right in the middle of my room, right mm. over where I'm pointing. Yeah. I know nobody listening on audio can see this, but there's a fan in my room. And I really like having the fan in my room because it does get a little warm in here sometimes. I like air circulating. But I was worried about, could I still mount the projector and have the fan? Will they coexist? And luckily, the projector central site showed me that, yeah, I can put the projector right to the edge of the fan and miss the fan blades completely and still project with a clean image on the wall. And I still keep my fan. So that was a concern of mine when I got into it. Is am I going to have to remove the fan and put the projector in the middle of the room? And I, I didn't have to. So anyway, dimensions are important. I probably stressed out more about dimensions before I even purchased a projector using these websites to calculate everything. So there's a lot to it. Uh, yeah, Mike, you're right. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people just get it and then just see where you need to put it to make the image work. But if you're dealing with a very defined space that you want to fit everything into, it, it, you know, a, a site like that can help you avoid some gotchas um, when, when planning that out. Well, can I can I ask both of you real quick? How yeah. far away? Because you guys have these massive screens. How far away are you from the screen? Because there's a whole other element to this that, and I'm sure many people have been in this situation where you go to a movie theater, you get there late, and all of a sudden you're at the very front of the screen and you spend the majority of your time turning your head looking at different sides of the screen because you can't absorb it all at once. So I mean I'm assuming you're not five feet away from a 120 inch screen, right? So how far away are you guys and how does that work? Yeah, there's Mike? there's uh, maybe Alan knows, but there there is some physics to that, like optimal viewing mm-hmm. distance, which also plays into the mm-hmm. uh, into a surround sound. Like there's a an optimal distance from your speakers to sort of be immersed in the whole, you know, the surround. Um, but uh, I don't think I was that scientific. 
I think we're about 10 feet away from the TV, I want to say. Okay. And that, that actually is say, well, I think uh, we are sort too. of equilateral. So from my audio background, I do know that you kind of want to be sort of equidistant from your, your left and your right speakers. And so that's basically was my math as well. My speakers are at the either side of my screen, my main left and right speakers. And that's about 10, a little more than 10 feet apart. So, you know, equilateral triangle here. I, you know, put the, mm-hmm. the prime and we actually have, uh, Brian, you know this, but we have a, a sectional. So, you know, somebody's watching from an angle anyway, but the main part of the sectional is, is, is equidistant to the speakers in the screen. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm very similar. I think I'm about, I'm about nine feet away okay. from the screen. If I remember there's, there's some calculations for that too, like Mike said, uh, but really it kind of comes down to what, what kind of viewing experience you want to have. I mean, there's some people who love to be in a movie theater where you, you almost have to turn your head yep. to look yep. from left to right of the screen. And then there's others who say, I want everything to be in my one field of view and I don't turn my head at all. So it becomes a preference and you kind of just have to base your seating based on the size screen you put up and, and how, how, what kind of experience you want to have watching it. Um, it's, yeah. You'd have to say so people, people should probably go experience them somewhere, right. And go yeah. and take a look at these things because I think if you're going from, you know, we have a 46 inch TV and we're maybe 10 feet away from it. If you're going from that experience and saying, well, I'm just going to go get as big as I can get 120 inches bigger doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a better experience, right? You need to check and make sure that you, that you like that kind of, because to me, if I'm, I'm thinking if I'm watching, let's say sports or something, and you know, if I'm having to turn my head in order to see different parts of the screen, that's probably not the experience I want. However, if I'm watching a movie where I'm used to kind of being at a big screen and want to really be kind of enveloped in this thing, then that's a different deal, right? So go, go experience in those things before you go and change your situation dramatically. I think it is important though, that, that when you go to the, you know, when you go to a true cinema, I mean, we're talking about a screen that's 10 times the size of what Alan and I are talking about. So you would have to be within two feet of my screen to not be able to, to see it all, right? You'd have to be ridiculously close. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like, right, there's this perception in the cinema where if you're up close, it isn't this full field of view. But really, I think anything from six six to eight feet away from the TV, you're going to be, you know, there's going to be none of that looking around. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um, the one other thing I wanted to mention, uh, I think for people thinking about their own home cinema, you know, there's a lot of options on projectors we mentioned. Yeah, doing your calculations is really important to understand the size screen you want and the distance from the screen needs to be. The other thing that I'd really had to kind of step back and say, oh, I've got to actually think this out now is how cabling and wiring is going to work. Mm. Because, you know, we're so used to uh, on TVs where, okay, well, if you're going to have a sound system, everything's right there contained. I've got my video and I've got my audio and they're all connected through my Apple TV box or whatever it may be. Okay, now all of a sudden I've taken the thing that's showing the video and I'm putting it on several feet away, but my sound system is still over here and my Apple TV box has to be somewhere. And every so it starts to, you have to really think through um, how you're going to manage the cabling and wiring of all this. And uh, that's where a a receiver, like an audio receiver, a new modern audio receiver really comes into handy because you can actually route your HDMI video signal into this receiver and push it back out while it retains the audio information for your speaker sound system. And that's kind of HDMI pass through is kind of the big thing that all the receivers are doing now. Just take your Apple TV or whatever streaming device, 
the 4K uh, 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 HDMI comes out of it, goes into your receiver, and then you plug another one from your receiver going out to your projector, wire it through the ceiling or wire it along the wall, whatever it may be. But the receiver keeps the audio information and pushes that out yeah. to your sound. So um, it's just it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you get excited about buying the projector and then you're like, oh, yeah, I actually have to figure out how to yeah how to run wire. all this yeah. and uh, yeah. to wire it because it's not everything's not in one little place. Yeah. So, and if uh, you're like me, just another thing right, to keep if you're in like mind me with. and you choose mm-hmm. not to hire a professional, then you are, uh, <laughs> you're in your attic and you're, uh, digging through the, uh, the three feet of, uh, insulation snow cause it's Oregon. And, um, and you're running that HDMI cable. And if you're like me, you buy the cheap one, which doesn't support 3d. Oh, no. So oh. <laughs> then you try to do 3d and it says not supported. So then you got to run it all again. But at that point you've got the lot, you know, the, the pole, I've got the pole lines through the walls and stuff like that. Yeah. But it really is, you know, thank God for HDMI because it really is a one cable setup for me until you do the, you know, again, I think these days with the potential for wireless surround speakers, cause I also had to run, I had to run the audio cable yeah. back up through the attic into the surrounds, which are again in the ceiling. Um, that was a little easier than running an HDMI because, of course, you got that HDMI plug that you got to feed through the holes and through the wall and everything. But uh, That's tough. yeah, I spent a lot of time in the attic, uh, you know, trying not to fall through the the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't, well, I don't have an attic space over my room. I mean, there is my my son's room is right above this, so um, I so you just poke into his room. Is what yeah, I just ran it running. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Right across his bed. Yeah. Uh, sometimes if I lose connection, it's because he's rolled over at bed at night and knocked the cable yeah. loose. Or something. Um, no, I, I had to go the janky way and I, I got just some nice, I, I, I did run the, I had to run the one HDMI cable to the projector on the ceiling mm-hmm. and okay. I just used some nice uh, cable Conduit. protected management cable system. It's yep. not ideal, but I didn't have any other way to do it without yep boring through holes, uh, several holes in the ceiling and uh, trying to push through any beams along the way. So, so you have, uh, Alan, so you have power and HDMI running across mm-hmm. the ceiling? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Power and HDMI running across the ceiling. And then I do have a crawl space underneath here that I can get to. So I ran my cables for my surround sound system speakers through the ceiling and up against the wall. So at least those are easy to manage, but uh, the video, I couldn't get up to the ceiling. So uh, yeah, little things that, you know, you don't have to worry about with a TV because the TV, you just find a place to set it up and plug it in and you're, you're pretty much good to go. Projector does add a lot more complexity to your routing, but I'm here to say, I, I think it's worth it personally, but I realize projectors aren't for everybody. Um, but I think if you enjoy that theatrical experience and I uh, want to try to replicate that the closest you can in your own um, private home. Um, yeah. It's a great way to go. Alan, where do you? Uh, well, and, and I was going to ask Alan, where, where, well, this might be a whole new topic. So before I go there, Brian, I mean, maybe you should go. No, I was just going to, I was just going to, Mike, you brought it up briefly there. The only real thing that I can contribute to this conversation in terms of what I've actually done that I'm proud of is, you know, I am setting up wireless speakers now in my house. And, you know, I've got a Sonos system had that it started in several different rooms, but, you know, I have the beauty of things like that. The wireless speakers is, you know, in this room where I have the basement, if I wanted to do a uh, projector, it would actually be fairly easy, even though I have rooms above, so I couldn't get in the crawl space because there's a, there's a light in the center of the room or a ceiling fan so that could just be removed. So I have power. Mm-hmm. So I could install the power. 
And all I would need to do is put, you know, an Apple TV up there next to a little box next to the projector. And then Apple TV now sends AirPlay out to Sonos speakers. And so I have Sonos speakers set up across my room. And so therefore, there's no wires needed between those. So for people that are thinking, oh, gosh, I can't do it because I don't have a spot in the wall. If you have a light in the wall or a light in the ceiling, you have power in the ceiling, right? You could actually, and to be honest with you, you're probably not going to want that light in the ceiling in your new home theater. So take the light out, get an electrician to put in an outlet there, you know, put your projector up. Um, and then if you're willing to invest, you know, put in something like some wireless speakers around and you can have a system, a system that's, that's pretty, you know, pretty easily not having to go into the ceiling, not having to go into the walls, right. And all that, if you, if you were not thinking of keeping it that way forever, right. Cause some people are, don't like the finality of that. Yeah. So. yeah and I think that is the future, right. Is, is more wireless and uh, these short throw high def projectors that don't have to necessarily be ceiling mounted. I mean, we're really just sort of on the cusp of, of really simplifying this. And, um, yeah, and I completely agree. I, yeah, you put I that really, projector really, in your yeah. coffee table, right? You put it underneath your yep. coffee table and project mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I really seriously looked at HDMI, wireless HDMI receivers just because I thought, you know, that would be the ultimate in flexibility and I wouldn't have to worry about any wiring and I could tap into the, the fan for the power. But, um, it's not there I, yet. Right? It just yeah. didn't feel like it's quite there yet to push yeah. really great 4K reliably, like yeah. without any hiccups. Yeah. And I'm still wary of Wi-Fi for high intense video streaming anyway. So, um, but it'll get there. I mean, that's the thing with technology. It's going to get there soon. It's just not 100% there for me yet. So, yeah. 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 Well, so my, my final well, question my, for Alan and, and maybe yeah. Brian, maybe you know a little bit about yeah. this is it, it seems like more and more your uh, – your home electronics stores or even your Amazons are pushing the sound bar. And again, I'm old school. I want to have, mm. I want to have a separate speaker for each channel, but it does seem like for mm. some people who don't want to invest in six, seven speakers, there might be some options out there. What do you think for like a really good sound bar? Is that reasonable? Yeah. Alan, you've had a sound bar for a while, haven't you? I, I had a sound bar up until I moved into this house with a, you know, I had a den with just my, flat screen TV and a sound bar. And I was perfectly happy. You know, the sound bar technology is getting better and better every iteration where they're able to kind of replicate surround sound as best as possible from one singular unit. Um, Again, for my audio ears, um, I was okay with the sound bar and I use that as my home entertainment for, for many years. I will say now having the surround sound system set up in here, uh, I'm, I'm not going back. But I do believe that probably the sound bars, again, just like I said with the wireless HDMI, just give us some more years and they're going to keep getting that technology better. You know, Apple was kind of playing with that whole idea with their home pods about having computational sound. multiple speaker arrays built into this unit to try to replicate that surround sound yep, yep. system. They're getting better. That's just it, right? I, I guarantee in a few yeah, years. Exactly. Yeah, in a few years, there. the idea that, you know, you have to, you're, you're basically buying the box you're buying the quality of it, you know, for the, for when you're, when you're investing in a speaker, you're paying for the drivers, but you're also paying for like a hardwood cabinet that it sits in and, you know, perfect resonance Mm -hmm. and acoustics and all that kind of thing. But that can all be sort of done via computational audio and just like, you know, like the home pod, which I'm a huge fan of, by the way, I think I was the mm-hmm. person to buy the last HomePod before they uh, discontinued them. So <laughs> you were the I one. got that badge, yeah. last HomePod owner. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that idea that a, a small unit with a couple different drivers can sort of survey the room 
and and customize the sound. I, I think that's that is the future. I mean, you might be able to put two of those in a room in the future, like a Sonos, and sort of get a fully immersive surround system, which is great. Well, honestly, right now you kind of combine everything we're talking about with the laser short throw projectors, soundbar evolved soundbar that can push out surround sound, fill up an entire room. You've got a one singular unit not taking up more than a few feet of space at the front of your room, and you have a home theater experience. I mean, that's really, I think, where we're going to see things be in the future. Um, I love my more, quote, traditional home theater setup just because I I love the look and the feel and sound of it. But it, it does make a compelling argument to have something a lot more convenient and a lot less space restrictive to still have a big home theater experience in the future. So, yeah. 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 Cool stuff. Yeah. Well, guys, any any other final tips we would give or just kind of notes to give anybody that's thinking about home cinema for themselves? Well, I guess the one thing that, that we haven't talked about yet, which is part of that that visceral experience of being in the cinema is the base. So don't don't scrimp on your subwoofer. Get, you know, get a good get yeah. a good subwoofer, learn where to put it in the room to get the sort of the right, you know, the flood of sound that you feel, because that that truly is part of the cinema experience, uh, is is when you feel it as much as you see it. The and other I, part of that, Mike, the other thing that you need for that visceral theater experience, uh, I highly recommend a real popcorn machine. Got it. Kind of stored in <laughs> got the, it. Stored in yep. the back of the room. Yep. Okay? Got it. So yep. that's, you need yep. the smell too. That's important. Yeah. It, you need the smell. Absolutely. Yeah. Brian. And I, and I would just make my last uh, comment here. If you're going to get that visceral experience with a good uh, woofer, subwoofer or something on the floor, don't do that if you live in a condo <laughs> or a townhome, right? I have, I have been the neighbor in that townhome that has the person who obviously is having the visceral experience all the time, and I'm experiencing it as well, and I'd rather not. So, you know, just be aware of the fact that physics of sound and sound waves, it goes through walls, it goes through other places. So do make this a place that's a dedicated uh, dedicated space where um, – you know, when you're, when you're experiencing that, that the whole world is not experiencing it with you. So, uh, somebody, somebody's comment. a little bitter, but okay. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. a little, just a little. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you can get that off your chest. Here, Brian, <laughs> yeah. Thank bit, you. So. Thank you. And yeah, by, from my by the prison way, walls uh, here. I, uh, yeah. I apologize for all those years where I lived next to you, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Not saying Mike. any names. Yeah. All right. Well guys, let's wrap it's this fun. up. I think we've talked to uh, home theaters for a good little while. As always, if anybody's hearing this conversation and has some questions, wants to talk, uh, maybe uh, bounce some ideas around, or we'd love to kind of help, uh, brainstorm with anybody on any ideas for their own home cinema, they can reach out to us. Brian, what's that uh, email address to reach out In, to us again? The email address is info at themesh.tv. So send info at themesh.tv and tell us uh, you know, what's uh, what you would like to see us get into in the future. So look forward to hearing from okay. you. All right. Well, and we are also hoping at some point here soon to have the Brothers in Tech uh, website up. So not ready yet by the time you're hearing this episode, I don't think, but hopefully soon. So we'll let you know when it's available. And that'll be another way you can absolutely reach out to us and talk and share some ideas. We love brainstorming. So, hey, tell us what you're, what you're, what you're trying to do, what you're working on. We'd love to try to help out however we can. Yeah. Um, and, hey, Mike, thanks for joining us today. This is great. My pleasure. Um, you fun. available to come back? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. If, if maybe, the money's right, Maybe sure. for next week's episode? Yeah, sure. Could you, yeah. Could you come back I'm for next, week's next week this time? You bet. Perfect. Let's, let's have you back for next week's episode. I think that'd be great. And, uh, we'll schedule you in 
and just make sure we have you ready. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot. It's great. And uh, yes, you and I have a, a, a lot in common. We need to we need to keep swapping notes. All right. Well, side. thanks for having me. Enjoyed it, guys. Yeah, enjoyed yeah. it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Brothers in Tech. And we will be back uh, next week with another episode, another topic for discussion. Until then, this is Alan Jackson and Brian Jackson signing off. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.